Hello and welcome to another episode of Catching Up With as we sit down with staff from across the University of Brighton. In this episode, I've been speaking to Pat Wrangles, our new Head of Student Wellbeing. We caught up at the end of October, not long after he joins the university. What do I love most about what I do? Um, I guess the textbook answer would be to, to say about all the students we work with, which is obviously really important to me. But I think the diversity and breadth of challenges and the opportunities that I get to make a difference every day are is really the key driver. And also teamwork and learning from the wide variety of people that I work with every day, I think are probably the key things. You've um, recently joined from Cardiff, uh, where you had a, a very similar role. Uh, can you tell us about your background? How have you got involved in this? So I never really knew which path my career would take. Um, so when I was younger, I thought it would be sensible to follow my passion in life, which is sport. So um, I took up a career in sports kind of management, um, contract management and sports facilities management. And I really enjoyed that, but was looking for something a bit more. Uh, and I moved from the private sector to Kingston University initially to look after the sport for Kingston University. And then as the, as the university services developed and my role grew, I managed to suddenly become head of student wellbeing, which incorporated um, sport, obviously, but also faith and spirituality uh, and health and wellbeing, which is a real steep learning curve for me. But I was able to kind of use the management leadership skills I'd learned in sport to, to take those areas forward um, and then became very passionate about those areas, learned a lot, worked with some great people. Um, I stayed at Kingston for some time doing that role. Uh, and then wanted to kind of test my skills in a different institution totally. So thankfully the job at Cardiff came up, which I went to. Um, really enjoyed that, but wasn't that was cut short a little bit because of family circumstances. I had a new child. Um, so I was always looking to come back to the South Coast where we've got a big family support network. So when the job at Brighton came up, it was a, it was a similar role to what I've been doing at both institutions. And I was really, really excited about that. It sounded great, lots of opportunities there. So um, I've moved here and that brings me up to present day. Yeah, it's a, it's a very wide ranging role. So I mean, not coming from the background of some of those, you know, some of those very, very serious topics and very uh, poignant topics at the moment, such as mental health and everything like that. Um, it must be very challenging to, to get to know those. Yeah, it was, it was hugely challenging and a really, really steep learning curve. I think I'm, I'm quite lucky that um, I'm not precious. I'm not, I'm not afraid to make mistakes or ask silly questions, so I often do that. Um, and I've been really lucky to work with some wonderful people, both in terms of previous managers, but also people that report to me, people that have got re- the real skills and expertise and that make the real difference to students. And I think working with them with a very open mind and acting like a bit of a sponge at first really, really helped me. Um, and then you and, I, and I, to be honest, I think you still learn every day. I think you're continuing to learn. Um, they are very complex areas. Um, a lot of the time, simple common sense can be really, really useful. It, so, it sounds kind of silly, but it is. Um, but really, I think the key to that is working with fantastic people and making sure I can get the most out of them, both in terms of their ability to support students, but also in terms of helping me to understand the challenges and, and how perhaps we we tackle different issues. Uh, the, the mental health of, of students is a, is a big talking point. I mean, the, the university is starting with big news stories about it in the, in the press, in broadcast news as well. Uh, more and more people are beginning to, to speak up. So what does the university need to do to support students? Okay, so how long have you got? Um, I could talk about this for some time, but I'll try, I'll try to be brief and just kind of summarise the key things. I think the first point to make is that the University of Brighton 
do an awful lot to support a whole range of issues um, that students pr- may face whilst they're here. Um, and I think universities generally and the sector work really, really hard to support students in these kind of areas. And I'm not sure that that's always seen. Um, when you look at mental health per se, I think my view would be is that we need to ensure, obviously, that we react and we're reactive, but that we put an equal amount of energy and resource into the proactive approach. Um, we need to think about actually prevention, early intervention and helping students to empowering students to help themselves um, with some of the challenges that life that life brings. Um, we also need to work very, very closely with external services um, and organisations. There's some wonderful support out there in, in the wider community. And, and it's important to remember that we are um, an educational facility, you know, an educational organisation. We're not, it's not really a therapeutic environment. It's, it's about education. So we will do everything we can and we do do an awful lot. But we, it's really important that we understand where our role kind of stops and where external services like the NHS and so on, may need to kick in to really give students the support they need, perhaps for, for more complex challenges or life, life, longer life challenges. Um, one of the key things also, I think, uh, in a university is to help, is to ensure that all staff know that they do play a role in mental health and wellbeing. Um, and I'm sure, as I say that, some staff will be thinking, how do you mean? Um, but it's really about understanding and listening to students. We don't get to choose who students do and don't disclose issues to. So a student might talk to any member of staff, from a, from a maintenance member of staff to an academic or a security guard or, or anyone in the whole university, and the response of that member of staff could be quite life-changing. And I'm not trying to put pressure on people, and I'm not asking them to do anything above their capabilities, but it's really just making sure that they take notice and that they encourage or signpost that student to the right support. And I think we've got some work to do with the wider community to make sure all staff are comfortable in that and that they understand what support's available and perhaps where they can refer students to get more support. And I think just by doing that, it will make a huge difference. Um, Obviously, we'll continue to reduce stigma um, or work to reduce stigma, improve inclusivity. And ultimately, I think we need to champion our successes, both um, for our students, but also as an organisation, really. Um, As I said at the start, we do lots of great work and I'm not sure we always... Um, champion that or, or put that or showcase that well enough so obviously the pressure on students is is just huge and the, the fees they pay are, you know is a big talking point as well um, so what services are available to students and how can they be encouraged to find support and get the most out of uh, what you're offering okay well I mentioned a range of services earlier so I'll just pick up on a few um, one of the wonderful things about Brighton is our um, SSGTs which are student support and guidance tutors they are members of, of our team, but also members of academic schools. So we have um, at least one SSGT in each academic school. Um, and I think they actually originated in the academic schools, but they've kind of um, evolved into working into a more central team. So they form a great link between the schools and our central services, which is absolutely vital. And something really that I've really been keen to get at previous institutions and not been successful in doing. So I think that link is absolutely essential. A lot of the work that we do to support students needs to be um, delivered through or mindful of schools and the different needs of different cohorts. And having that role is wonderful. So students within their school have got a support mechanism that they can go to straight away who can help kind of triage or signpost or provide advice to help that student get to the right support. 
So that's great in terms of schools. I'm also delighted that we have a residence life um, program, residence life team. I think we need to um, have a bit of a look around how that actually works and how we can perhaps cut broaden that to cover more halls. I'm a huge advocate of residence life teams. I think they're again this goes back to the proactive work that we can do where we make students transitions into university much more comfortable um, and we're there to support them and help them very early on and, and help them understand the sorts of challenges they may face create a sense of belonging make sure students feel that you know that they're part of a community so that works really well um, and in addition to that the services we have centrally we've got online platforms so students can help themselves we've got one-to-one support there's groups and workshops that are central or through the schools so i guess the best thing to the best thing to do really would be have a look at the university website there's lots of information on there about the services we offer but i guess the key message to students and to staff is that whatever the challenge is it's very likely we've got someone here who can help and i think it's really important that you do feel confident enough to ask um, and get students that support going on to that from that really is i mean it's not your specific area but how important is it to make sure that staff know that you know, services are available to them as well? Well, as I said earlier, I think well-being and mental health is everybody's business. So making sure the whole university community are aware, A, what the support is available, and B, how they can help is absolutely vital. Um, okay, on some uh, um, quickfire questions then, just to, just to end this, we'll, it's a little bit more fun, I guess. Um, so you've come back around this kind of area. So I don't know how much of Sussex... What, what's your background in Sussex? Do you know much about it? Are you still trying to find your favourite place? Well, I'm, I kind of live in Surrey and worked in Cardiff and I've moved around a bit. So I'm, I'm familiar with Sussex, but not it's not that familiar to me. So um, lots of new areas that I'm experiencing at the moment. But I think um, in terms of my favourite place so far, it would have to be Seaford Head or Seaford Seafront. Um, it's a very special place to me for personal reasons as well. We've got lots of family there, but it's always been a wonderful place that's, that's got the sea and it's got, you know, the beach and, and the cliffs, but it's also peaceful enough that you can actually enjoy that. And it's not quite as overcrowded as it is in some other areas across the South Coast. Um, it's a very tranquil place and it's very, very personal to me. So that has to be my favourite, I think. Yeah. Fewer seagulls there probably as well. Yeah, although there's still a few. There are still a few, depending on, depending on what, you're, what, what snack you're eating. Okay, uh, so what are you currently reading, watching or listening to? Reading uh, solicitors' emails and draft policies. Um, I'm moving house and trying to learn a new role, so that's all I get to read. Uh, in terms of watching, well, I don't get much opportunity to watch anything other than my little boy who's just learned how to crawl. He seems to be shooting off in every direction at all kinds of speeds. So I literally spend my entire living life outside of work watching him. Um, and I guess in terms of listening, if, it has to, if it's music, I would probably say Kasabian are by far my favourite band. So I'd spend a lot of time there. And I've also just switched to Heart Radio Breakfast um, show for my drive-in in the morning, which... I guess, provides ample amusement for that time of day. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have uh, no responsibilities for one weekend. Um, what describe how you're going to spend that in the perfect way? I guess I, I would do... I could, it could be doing anything, anywhere, as long as it's with my partner and my little boy. Um, although I suppose that's probably the textbook answer again. So that said... I wouldn't mind squeezing in a game of golf followed by several hours in a good pub watching live sport. Okay, sounds like a good idea. Um, finally, if you can invite three people to dinner, uh, past or present, who are they going to be? 
classic question, but always difficult to answer. I seem to wrap up. This one really caught me. I think definitely Muhammad Ali would be one. Obviously, he was a legend in the ring, um, quite an inspirational and controversial character uh, and highly interesting. And with the sports background and interest, I think he'd be great. Um, just for complete hilarity, I think the character Megan from Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids was h- hilarious. I mean... The film is pretty average, but she did make it endurable, so I could at least watch it with my partner. But I think she'd have to be there because she really makes me smile. And the third one, it could be a whole host of different people. Perhaps Elvis might be interesting. So I'll go with Elvis on the last one. And that wraps up another episode of Catching Up With. My thanks to Pat Wrangles. Just a couple more episodes left now of 2018. We'll be back in a fortnight. Remember, if you're not already, you can listen on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And now Apple Podcasts too. Just search University of Brighton. Thanks for listening.